This episode of the Golf Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. So sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. And PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up the $500 in bonus cash. And we're also brought to you by Prediction Strike. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes. Use promo code SGP to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more. And of course, don't forget to go download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. All right, welcome back, DJs. Uh, I am back from uh, parts unknown, uh, Universal, uh, with my children, which might as well have been a jungle. I'm uh, with uh, with the God of Golf himself, Steve Sherman. We got a special guest with us right off the jump tonight, Mister Andy Lack. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Hey, Capper, can we talk about this Pats game for a second? <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. Right out of the gate. Yes. 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 Five. So Cowboys was uh, Pats was the side. Right. Like we can agree on that, even though they didn't come because I know you were like, ah, why are you betting my Patriots? Yeah. So I so I, as a principle, I never say the right side is a bet that lost. OK. okay. Yeah, I get right? that. So okay. just and it's just because there's so many like touts on Twitter and everywhere else. Like hey, it was the right side. I don't care. I'm like, motherfucker, you still lost. Like it is what it is. Right. And that's not directed at you. But like at the same point. They were lucky. The, dude, the Cowboys could have hung 40 on him. Wilson dropped that ball. Like, like the, the he first of all, is, Zeke was in, or or was it Dak? Whoever snuck it in was in. Like, that was a touchdown. Okay. Like, like it, it, it should have been a 40 or 50 burger on that fucking defense. Uh, yeah. I don't, it's like, the fact that, I, dude, I was, so I was in Universal. I was sitting outside of this place called, like, the backyard bar or something like that, just waiting. And uh, I'm watching the game on my phone. No one else is watching anything, right? They're all enjoying their day with their families. And I have my phone out and I got my, I got one earbud in. And when Mac Jones threw that, threw that touchdown, I was like, fuck it. Like, I lost everybody, my mind. everybody looked at me and I was like, the Patriots scored a touchdown. I'm not a crazy person. Like I'm watching the game. Like <laughs> that was, that was a, be- I mean, I, I oh. think this is my first time betting on the Patriots this year. So this is my first time really locked into a game, a Patriots game from start to finish. I like Mac Jones. I yeah, think you, so- I think, I think you got something that for him, the stones to kind of come back after that backbreaking pick uh, and throw that bomb on the next play. Like, I, I think, I think you got something there. I was pretty impressed by him, but you're right. The cow, they anytime the Cowboys were in like third or an eight, I was like, ah, oh, there's no, there's no fucking way these guys are stopping them that, but I don't know how, how much of a reflection that is on the Patriots defense or the Cowboys offense just might be awesome. I mean, we, you know, let, I, we I, let, I really appreciate our uh, host uh, or our guest uh, not coming on and coming after me about the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about that. So, well, and, and Houston's up one nothing early, so that's fucking great. The um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I like Mac Jones. I think he'll be fine. Uh, McDaniel's got to let the training wheels off a little bit. That O line is terrifying. I thought Mac Jones died. I thought he died at least twice in that game. Like he, he didn't get broken ribs with uh, what's his name. I, um, I know the exact player. T- I know I was, the exact player talking. Like, oh my god, he died. He died. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Whatever, man. It's it's still at least it's an entertaining product with uh, Scam Newton. It wasn't even an entertaining product. So what are you gonna do? But uh, hey, man. So uh, yeah. So yeah, you've been killing it on football. Did you have a bad week last week? Yeah. I- 
I was hitting like over 80% of my, of my NFL bets against the spread. So I knew that the, uh, a reckoning was coming. Yeah. Regression and, was on its way. Yeah. And so I, I lost on, uh, yeah, I lost on the Pats. I lost on the Browns. Uh, y- yeah, I think I, I, Oh, I lost on the lions. That was a terrible pick. Oh, uh, dude, I was uh, on the, I was on the lions too, man. Like I thought they'd be scrappy at home. And me too. Me too. And, and I think the, I think I went one and three. The only game that I won was, uh, was the Vikings, but yeah, no, I mean, but golf was great. That's the thing. It's like, is it, and, and before that golf was bad for the past three weeks. So it's like, <laughs> God, is it too much to ask to pair them up together just once? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right, so you were the guy who lost about 10 strokes putting last week. And then, uh, yeah, with the NFL, you're going to bounce back. Uh, I hope so, man. I yeah. hope so. So why don't we uh, transition to golf, you know, and not make the C, uh, NFL, already, already you know, doing a Patriots podcast. podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so if you guys ever listen to Andy, I mean, he definitely is one of the smartest minds in, uh, the golf industry. He loves, you know, breaking down golf courses, getting in real big detail. So yeah, I guess I got to ask you, why don't we just go right into your wheelhouse? So why don't you give us the hottest Japanese golf architecture take you have just right off the top of your head? Uh, if they could play every PGA tour tournament in Japan, I think the PGA tour would be better. I think this is, um, I, I like, I'm kind of a bit of an architecture nerd. So I I think that the the Pete Dye, uh, Tom Fazio thing, mind meld that we've got going on right now, where in a year's time from now, we're just going to be alternating every week between die and the Foz. Um, it maybe makes things a little bit more easy from an architecture standpoint, but I mean, it's just, I mean, what, what the fuck were they doing last week at that course? Like what, why are, why are PGA tour pros playing that course? I mean, it looks like an awesome place. I would do anything to get the play there, but why the hell are they having PGA tour pros play that course? Anyway, to answer your question, I, I think this is a really cool golf course. All the research that I've done, it seems uh, a little bit quirkier and uh, maybe like it will favor things like accuracy off the tee and short game and strategy and stuff like that, which is becoming a little bit of a dying breed these days on the PGA tour. So I I like the design of this golf course. I think it's, I think comparing it directly to Kasumi Gaseki would be a mistake. I think, you know, that's a FOS. Um, and, and this is not a FOS. This is, this is a little quirkier. It kind of reminds me a little bit guys of, of remember that course that we used to play in Mexico, uh, the WGC one. It Chipotle reminds me pack. a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Chipotle pack. It's got a little like colonial vibes to it too. So I'm super excited for this week. Yeah, no, I, when I looked at it overhead, I mean, it just reminded me a little bit of a uh, Innisbrook a little bit, just because it's so tree lined. You got, everything's right in front of you. And, but, but I went back and looked at uh tiger's final round in uh, 2019. And I thought just kind of looking at it, I, I don't really remember that term. It seems like 80 million years ago when they last played it, but I just thought, okay, you know, based on where the dog legs are, maybe a lot of, you know, less than driver off the tee and tiger was hitting driver a lot that week. And you know, you're right. You definitely have to hit it straight. If you're off a little bit, either you're obstructed with branches or you just don't have a good angle to green. So, yeah, like there's not many courses left on the PGA Tour where accuracy actually matters anymore. And I think you got to drive it pretty good this week. I think you got to drive it straight. I think it's going to you know, kind of open things up a little bit to the more non-traditional guy, you know, type of golfer we've seen kind of dominate over the last couple of months here. 
And, and just to say one more thing about your little Innisbrook cop. I mean, look at the leaderboard. I think it, uh, Corey Connors, right? He's an Innisbrook guy. Tiger Woods has won Innisbrook before or, or finished. I mean, what a Tiger's a joke, right? Yeah. That doesn't matter. But, <laughs> yeah. but uh, Woodland also, too, right? So I think there's maybe there is something there. I, I agree with you. I, I, w- I was looking at Innisbrook a little bit, too. Yep, definitely. So I, I guess to put a little bow on it, what's uh, just a high level? What sorts of uh, you know stats are you uh, you relying on this week? So you know what's interesting to me is, and this is another reason why I like this course. You never see this stuff on the PGA Tour. Is uh, all of the par fours are either super long or really short, right? So I think it's going to be a lot of long irons and wedges. So you have these five par fours that measure above like 475 yards. Right. So, I mean, those for a PGA tour pro, they're still hitting a six or seven or eight iron in sometimes, but I think you're going to have a lot of, a lot more approach shots from the 175 to 200 yard plus range, and then add in three par fives um, that should be reachable, I believe, or at least two of them should be reachable. And then you have a lot of uh, shorter par fours as well, where there's going to be scoring opportunities and you're going to have some wedges in your hand. So kind of the things that I'm looking at is uh, guys who pound greens, right? It's easy to say iron game every single week, but if we can specifically kind of hope, but the greens are smaller. So I do think that there's a greater emphasis on, on approach than just, you know, any other week. And I, I think kind of guys that we can hone in on um, long iron play and wedge play. Maybe maybe uh, middle irons are not as important this week. And and then the other thing I was looking at is it seems like there's a ton of bunkers on this course as well. So I was looking a little bit at at sand saves and then and then bent grass putting as well. Kokrak isn't in the field this week, so we don't have to worry about him finding a bunker and shooting a fucking eight on every time he gets into one. My God, my God, Jesus Christ, he was fucking kicking last week. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Capper, why don't you uh, go down the uh, why don't you tell us where the DraftKings uh, ownership is right now? And then uh, you got, do you have that popped up or do you want to? Yeah, so it's so, so it's, that's what's where you expect it, right? Just super chalky all, all the way at the top, right? Uh, Morikawa and Xander, both over 20 percent. Xander's the most popular player and he's showing 24. That means he'll be 35 by the time uh, it comes in. So the only people who aren't getting any love uh, in the 10K range is Paul Casey, who still has more ownership than Tommy Fleetwood. Well, hold on. And, Paul Casey's not in the field. No, I know. That's the yeah. point. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, so Paul Casey, still a better golfer than Tommy Fleetwood while he withdraws. Okay. <laughs> so, so um, all right. And then in the nine K range, uh, my boy Keegan is the chalkiest fucking 17% and Trink Galley, the stat darling. Uh, at, oh wait, no, no, no. Sorry. McNeely 14 and then Grio at 16%. And then when you get down to the, into the 8K range, it's Vegas and CT Pan, both over 20%. God damn, man. I love Vegas, but, oof, man, 20%. And I get the field this week, but, man, that's 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 a lot of Johnny Vegas. And I had him last week, and he was chalky last week, and he paid off, but, you know, whatever it is, what it is. And then uh, Shank. Uh, but I think Shank's good chalk. I think he's he's a look, man. He's a... He's underpriced comparably into this field. Uh, and then in the 7K range, Luke List, 20%. Uh, Higgs, uh, based off of last week, 17. Pat Perez is in the double digits at 10. And then you got uh, Hoagie, your boy, uh, at 18. And your other boy, uh, Gim, at 14. And then under 6K, this is the funniest shit I've seen all year. So you got to scroll all the way down. My boy, Sun Kang, 20%. 20% Sun Kang at 6,300. What can go wrong? And 
my other boy, the ghost of used to be good, Wes Bryan at 11% ownership at the Gross. stone minimum of 6K. And if you don't think I have both of them as first-round leaders, you are certainly mistaken. Andy, any uh, reactions to some of the ownership you just heard there? Or- yeah, the the Xander stuff is is annoying. Uh, it, it's it's out of control. But I, I, you know, it is what it is. The CT Pan thing I, that is a big thing this week. Apparently, I mean, I know you're not on on Twitter, Stephen. And I actually I actually get it. Like I, I CT Pan popped for me too. But I think there's definitely some interesting pivots. I'm not surprised that uh, Casey has more ownership than Fleetwood. I wouldn't be surprised if if that holds. And 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 I Fleetwood in this spot is usually the guy that I kind of love pivoting to. And I don't even know if I, I can get there this week. So yeah, this is kind of about what you would expect this week. Uh, I, I think Morikawa and Xander, you're right. If, if you're saying 23, 24 with Morikawa and Xander, that actually feels a little bit low to me. Right. Uh, I guess the only good thing is that you can't really play them both. I think the question that you have to ask yourself is, you know, are you going to take a chance on some of these Japanese guys? Right. Because uh, maybe, you know, is it going to do you think it's going to be a situation? I'll kick it back to you guys, because I was wondering this and kind of talking about this a little bit on my podcast earlier today. Do you think it's going to be a situation with some of these Japanese guys where just no one plays any of them? Or could you see it kind of working in reverse the way we've seen with some of the Corn Fairy Tour guys where actually people galaxy brain themselves and the Corn Fairy Tour guys, some of them become like super, super popular because I just have no idea what to do with them. I mean, I've heard or I've 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 seen a couple articles about guys trying to push some of the Japanese guys like Takumi Kanai is the big one. I mean, he's yeah. the young, you know, stud over there. I I I, I just me personally, I, I'm going to let people have fun with that. I mean, I've kind of been down that road of like anytime they're like, you know, maybe some like Euro Tour player comes over, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I see their Euro Tour stats. I see their green regulation stats. You know, they got five top fives on Euro Tour events. And I'm seeing a lot of that this week. And I just it never seems to come through. So, you know, and even so, like, I don't even know which one it's going to be. So I'm going to probably let everybody else have fun with that. And if people want to, you know, take a shot with it, well, good luck to them. Speaking of Xander. Bogey, baby, let's go! <laughs> Two run, Jack. The kid's been dead all series. They jump out. They finally put a run up on the board. Xander comes out and says, "No, sir, we're going up two run in the bottom of the first. Fuck, uh, let's go." Steve, you gotta forgive me. I had to tee him up for that one. I we'll promise we're done. That's why. Hey, listen. I mean, it's Xander reference. So you know, we gotta always <laughs> exactly. shoehorn all the Xander we can get on this, on this podcast. So why don't we uh, talk about the weather real quick, and then we'll take a break before we start uh, bringing out DFS. So. Um, Weather over there is it's gonna be pretty cool. And I know based on you know just some of the stuff I've been reading about Japanese garb architecture, a lot of the golf courses are modeled after, you know, they're heavily influenced from British golf architecture. Well, it's gonna feel like playing in England this week. It's gonna be a lot of mid-60s uh temperatures. Uh, I think it might be a little threat of rain on Friday, maybe a little bit of wind. But other than that, though, it's relatively calm conditions, pretty cold though. I don't think the balls be flying pretty far this week. I think it's gonna probably feel like you know, one of those European style golf courses and you know that that's something that's a little bit of the theme of uh some of my picks this week is uh we'll talk about so why well, take a quick break and then uh we will get into the dfs slate all right well listen we got to talk to you guys about win 
Listen, uh, if you're ready to win money and boost your odds, WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Still not Florida. Way to go, DeSantis. We're bringing the excitement to win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports. Uh, great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet.com. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we got what you need to win today. If you're ready to play, which you should be, Go sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download BetWin, download the WinBet app, or visit wynnbet.com to start winning today. I say this every time I read this ad. If somebody is listening to this and lives in one of these states and doesn't take advantage of a $1,000 risk-free sports bet, they're out of their mind. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're using shady offshores because we live in states that uh, don't allow us to have fun. Yeah, that cat me. After, that cat me. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. Well, that, that, like I said, that's a comic. You hit 125 to one first round leader a couple weeks ago. That's why they capped it. Like, who's this sharp guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they have no problem with me redepositing. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, you gave it all back last week. I, dude, I gave it all back plus some. No, I mean, that's just how it it's goes. just play money until I take it out, man. It's just play exactly. money. Until yeah, I take it's just, it. just numbers on a screen. He's moving exactly. from one person to another. Yeah. All right. Why don't we get to uh, DFS late? Let's try above $10,000. We got Kyle Morikawa at 11 2. You got Xander at 11,000. Will Zalatoris at 10 5. Daki Matsuyama at 10 3. And Tommy Fleetwood at 10,000. So let's start with our guest, Andy. You got to pick one guy in this range to play. Who are you taking? Well, I'm playing Xander, but taking all bias out of it, I, I think Zalatoris might be the guy. I think that he is the guy that not a lot of people are talking about. And I know that on paper, maybe this doesn't scream Zalatoris course to you, but I don't know. He's the number one player in this entire field in proximity from 200 yards plus. And I actually think there's going to be a lot of shots from over 200 yards. I tend to like Zalatoris on, um, longer and more difficult courses. And this course isn't long on paper, but I think it plays a lot longer than it actually does. Uh, Zalatoris pounds greens. Um, and I think you're, you know, he's very long off the tee and he, he kind of, I think he's going to do well on those longer par fours and for how long he is, he keeps the ball in play as well. So I think if we're, we're talking ownership and, and factoring all that in, I think Zalatoris is probably the play uh i'm gonna play xander though i'm gonna play them both and try and fit them into the same lineup sometimes but i'm going to play xander and, and zalatoris would be my guys yeah, yeah i mean all that all, yeah all that makes sense and you can fit both of them in i mean you definitely can you just gotta be you just gotta be grinding and there's a couple of yeah. guys down though that i'm sure we'll talk about that that'll hit it but the, the thing that scares me about will z is just god he's i mean talk he's so bad at putting like he's bad He's just bad at putting. And let me transition right to my guy, Hideki. So, uh, you know, same thing, right? Abysmal putter. He lost nine strokes putting last week. I sometimes don't even lose nine strokes putting in a round of 18, which is almost like nine strokes putting. That's insane. Uh, he came in second here uh, to Tiger. Uh, I mean, look, man, even if he goes back to losing his minus, losing a stroke, stroke and a half putting, um, still a great ball striker. Everybody, everybody keeps talking about how much this means to Xander. How much does it mean to Hideki? It's his home country. He's going back there. He came in second there. He's got the he's got the major off his back. Like, yeah, let's go. Like, I love I love Hideki this week. He's not he's not chalky. He's not getting completely overlooked. So I like that. I, I like living in that space where I think he's a really solid play. I love Hideki this week. Okay. All right. I mean, last week I talked about 
this range and how I wasn't comfortable with some of the builds above, you know, with like the guys who were 11,000. I think it was JT and DJ last week. Uh, this week, I didn't really have a problem with that. I think, you know, with Morikawa or Shoffle, I didn't have a problem building the line that I like. So, I mean, for me, I'm not there with the outright price for them. That's just, I, I'm not betting six to one on either of them. So, I guess with DFS, I'm probably going to, you know, hop on the chalk there and then try to diversify somewhere else. So the question for me, it's, it's, is it more coward and shuffling for, and the tiebreaker is, you know, when I think about Xander shop, I mean, he's a great player, but I think of him more of like a bigger ballpark golf course. And I think, you know, and Andy, you made references earlier. I think there's a temptation to try and compare this to Kasumi Gasecki. It's really not that. And, you know, with some of the little, you know, the golf course and the PGA Tour, they aren't really like the Fazio's or the driving contests that I think that a lot of them are. He hasn't been quite as good, and Morikawa has just been pretty good in those areas, too. I mean, both players are great, but, you know, for me, I, I'm going with Morikawa. I think just the fact that, you know, he hits a ton of fairways, the best iron player in the field. I mean, I am a little concerned about he is coming off a big spot, you know, especially with the putter. You know, he's flying in, but, I mean, for, you know, Start my life with Morikawa. That's my way of at least having something on him this week. Because, I mean, with a betting board, it's just, you know, good luck. There's, you're not really getting anything on that unless you want to, you know, make a big football bet at like six to one. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I want to say one thing about Hideki first, um, because I agree with you. Uh, I I really like Hideki this week. It's just, you can't play them all. It's tough, but you know, what's interesting about Hideki. Uh, I was looking into this because I I noticed it too. He he lost 9.6 strokes putting or whatever for even for Hideki. That's the third worst uh, putting performance measured of his entire career. But I will, I will say this about Hideki. You know, what's interesting about that. I went back and looked a little bit, um, when he tends to bottom out, uh, it it, it kind of just comes back. Like it'll go, it'll start going really bad for a while, and then it'll hit like rock bottom. And I think it's safe to say that he's at rock bottom right now with minus nine point four. He lost minus nine point four at the Memorial earlier this year, and then he came back the very next week and actually gained strokes putting. So you know maybe it's darkest before dawn with Hideki, and uh, I, I could I could totally see that. The thing with Hideki though is I actually. I've seen a lot of Hideki. I, I I think that there's a decent chance he'll mirror Morikawa and Xander ownership. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think he'll I think he'll get up there close. And and for good reason, right? It's like the thing that people don't realize about Hideki in Japan, like the guy is Tiger Woods. He right. is literally uh, a rock star over there. And you could kind of look at that as a negative and say, you know, it's going to be more of a distraction. There's all this pressure. But I mean, the dude finished second at this tournament in 2019 and almost won the Olympic gold medal as well. So he seems to rise to the occasion, actually. Yeah, I I, I I really like Decky this week. He's the, he. I haven't made many outrights. I think I've only made two, and I football bet Hideki. Spoiler for the end of the show. So, and, and it's the same reason. Like, what a six to one for Morikawa and six to one for Xander. Like, if you're giving me if you're giving me ten more for Decky, and I think they're all pretty similar, yeah, I'm going to take the value. Okay. All right. Well, we move on to the nine thousand dollars range. And so we got Joaquin Neiman nine nine hundred dollars. You got Ricky Fowler ninety eight hundred dollars. Alex Norin ninety seven hundred dollars. Si Wu Kim, God, Boston Capper's favorite ninety six. Tough times for us. Uh, si Wu, yeah. by the way. Oh my God. Uh, Eric Van Roy ninety five hundred dollars. Uh, another favorite of Boston Capper's Keegan Bradley ninety four. Maverick McNeely ninety three hundred dollars. Cameron Tringali ninety two hundred dollars. Emiliano Grio ninety one hundred dollars. And Mackenzie Hughes nine thousand dollars. So Boston Capper, why don't we start with you? Uh, two guys you like in this range, and two got and one guy that uh, you're fading. All right, so there's three guys I like in this range. I'm gonna need you guys to kill one of them off for me. 
Okay. So we'll do like a marry, fuck, kill. Okay. So, um, so I love Keegan, right? Like there's no, no question about it. I love Keegan. He like, like Andy said, look, it, this is going to be long irons are important. He is one of the best long iron players in the world. He's playing on bent grass. It's his least worst putting surface. It's not good, but it's his least worst. Okay. Um, and, and look, he lost, uh, he, you know, he gained two strokes putting last week on a, a bent greens course. Right. So he gained two strokes. Right. So maybe his irons go back a little bit, fades back to the middle there. I like it, man. If his irons come back a little bit, I'm just a sucker for Keegan. So whatever. And then, uh, Norin, uh, it's his, his best putting surface is Ben green. Everybody was in love with him. He's he was on fire until this last time he came out. Like, I mean, I don't know. I, I like to jump on when people are jumping off. It seems like people are jumping off his ownerships under, under 10%. Um, everybody was all about him until he, he shit the bed last week. So I'm going to jump back on. And then McNeely, um, and he said it too, like small greens, um, putts really well on pure surfaces. Um, I like McNeely. Uh, so those are my three guys. Uh, I just, I know I can't, I can't have all three. I can't. So who would you guys kill out of that? Steve, start with you. I'm killing McNeely. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think with him, well, I mean, I mean, his iron play isn't all that great historically. I mean, he is pretty good off the tee. I don't know. I, I, he's, I think he's good. Gut, he's good off the tee. I think, I, I think just a gut call of McNeely. I don't know. I just I don't think. Okay, I like gut call. All games. right, I'll take it. Whatever. So. All right. Andy, who would you kill? Okay. Um, you can't say all three. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I, I I like those guys. How much are we factoring ownership into it? Because I was, I would kill Norin, but if if McNeely is fifteen percent and Norin's like eight percent. I think Norin makes a lot more sense. My Norin rated out really well for me, actually. Uh, my problem with Norin is these guys that rely so much on their short game and putting, it's it's a little harder for me to get behind them. And, and Norin had these kind of two great finishes to finish off the season in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And then, you know, suddenly it's like it's harder for him to repeat that when his putter isn't going. So I think I would probably guns my head kill Norm, but those you mentioned three guys that all rated out pretty well for me um it, it's it's slim pickings um it, it kind of depends on ownership for me that's a okay. bad, yeah, that's bad workaround answer no, 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 that's fine whatever you want to you want to straddle the fence on here that's fine the um <laughs> the, the uh so listen i'm just happy neither one of you guys killed keegan so that means he's gonna win this week so maybe i'll get down another outright um and the only guy i'm fading in here is pretty ricky man listen i'm happy for him seems like a wicked nice guy uh Happy he did well last week, but it's one tournament in I feel like two years, three years. Like, and he's what the hell was his ownership? It was over fifteen percent again. Uh, yeah, over thirteen, right? Calculated ownership over thirteen. No, thank you. I'll pass. Like, I'll Is that pass. The on highest Ricky. one week jump for like a DFS price, oh. like ever, because he was sixty four hundred bucks last week. And now he's ninety hundred dollars this yeah, week. Exactly. Insane. That's insane. that's pretty insane. Insane. All right, so I mean, Capper, I'm going to agree with you. Um, I like Keegan this week, too. I mean, the only thing I worry about is the fact that he is a horrific putter and he gained strokes last week. Can he do it two weeks in a row? I don't know if he could do that. He can. If you go back and look, if you go back and look at when he was on that heater and he really fucked me when he put it in the water on 17 uh, and he lost the burns. Well, that transitions me in my next point. If I like Innisbrook and Valspar as a good cop, I mean, he screwed us both on that 80 to one out right there. So maybe this is redemption. Let's go, back wins. But I mean, listen, like like a lot of guys in that 2019 leaderboard were on hashtag team no putt. 
Like you had, you know, like Corey Connors on that list. Like, uh, like Ben on was on, on that top 10 too. And I mean, Keegan Bradley's the vice president of the, you know, team no of that team. Course. So, yeah. So I like him. Um, you know, I like another guy, hashtag team, no pie, Emiliano Grillo. I know he's popular this week, but I mean, the ball street numbers is just really good with him. He's actually not been a huge train wreck putting lately either. And he's not off with the bank on bank grass. I mean, loses a little bit, but I mean, for Grillo, that's not bad. And he tends to eat up a lot of these like, you know, positional golf courses on the PGA tour. He also tends to be in contention in a lot of these like, you know, mid strength, like PGA tour, like fields as well. So I kind of like him this week. And then the guy I'm fading is, I mean, he's popular again. I didn't like him last week. He didn't really do much. I mean, Joaquin Neiman continues to get ownership. And this isn't the Joaquin Neiman that we saw a year ago. Like, I know he gained over a stroke TD green last week, but most of that was around the greens. You know, just the ball striking numbers have are just not where they were with him. And I think, you know, with Joaquin Neiman, I think there's still a lot of brand value for him. I mean, what's scary is that a lot of the comp courses I looked at, he's actually been very good at. But I've also been in that position of liking him because of comp courses the past couple months and he hasn't really come through. So, you know, I mean, if if, if it's going to be 15 to 18 percent ownership on Neiman at nine, nine hundred bucks, I'm probably going to pass. All right, Andy, what do you think? OK. All right. Can I give an interesting counterpoint zag on Ricky Fowler? Yeah, sure. I, absolutely. I think- I think you had, I'm seeing, I think the 13 plus that you're seeing is Neiman, not Ricky, who are next to each other. I'm seeing Ricky at like nine. Yeah, Um, Ricky's Ricky's not popular. I'm looking, I'm looking at the calculated ownership. Okay, I got you. Okay, interesting. So this is the question that I would ask with Ricky. Is it like, is this a potential situation where everyone just galaxy brains themselves because they're so it's so jarring to see him be a 7,000 guy and turn into a 10,000 guy. Um, and, and he becomes not popular because I have to say like, it, that wasn't smoke and mirrors like at all. Like I've seen Ricky when he finished eighth at the PGA championship and he gained like eight strokes, short game and putting like, okay, we knew that that was non repeatable. The dude led, an elite field tee to green. And I got a chance to watch a lot of that tournament. Like he, it looked like his swing was a little bit different. It looked like some of the changes that he had been, um, working on with Tillery started. He just seemed a lot more comfortable than I've seen in a while. So like, listen, I I think if there's a situation where if no one plays Ricky, like, I'm going to play somebody that gained nine strokes from TD green last week. Like I'm down. I will happily play Ricky at single single digits ownerships. If everyone is like, no way, like we can't do Ricky because he was 7,000 this week and 9,000 last week. Well, guess what? It's a terrible fucking field. And guess what? No one else in the elite field gained nine strokes from T to green. Right? So if Ricky's single digit ownership, I would play him. If he's super popular, I wouldn't, um, I'm going to side with Steve as the other guy. I like Grio this week. And I have a theory. Um, I have a theory to what you're kind of going with Steve, with the team, no putt thing. I think on these courses um, with, uh, and we kind of went down this rabbit hole last time when you were on my podcast and I kind of, I kind of put some more thought into it. And it's like, I think it really helps the really bad putters and the really good putters. 
right? Because like the really bad putters, um, these greens seem to be so smooth. I mean, I remember at the Olympics, right? It's kind of like a staple of Japanese architecture where they pride themselves so much on um, the maintenance of their courses, right? And you see these putts dropping from like the announcers at the Olympics were losing their minds, right? Because yeah. like, oh, another 20 footer <laughs> drops in. Um, I, I think you might be onto something with, with the with the worst putters because I think if you kind of hit your line on these putts, um, you're going to be able to drop some. And, and, and I like the way Grio's hitting the ball. Um, so again, the, maybe if he's a little bit more popular, that worries me, but I, I was looking at Grio too, man. Um, and then my fade, it's tough. Like it's, it's, um, I'm not playing C will. Um, no. I'm not, I'm not playing EVR. Um, I'm not playing Tringali either, but like it, the guys that I'm like, completely opposed to are those two guys at, at, at 89 and 88 at 20% is that, so I'm cheating. I know I'm cheating. We're talking about the nines, but, but I Vegas and CT pan at 20%. I, it, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> All right. I'm definitely, I'm definitely with you on that, but that was cheating. And as a Patriots fan, I do support it. So, um, all right. Well, before we get into the AK range uh, that he uh, that he jumped into early, listen, got to talk to you about PropSwap. It's America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. The MLB playoffs are in full swing, and the Red Sox are dominating, baby. And PropSwap is your home for the best World Series futures. All season long, Prop Swappers have been finding the best odds in the country because you're buying directly from the other bettors like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will double it up to five hundred dollars. Double the cash means double the odds. If you love sports betting you need to be using prop swap every ticket purchased on prop swap can be resold at any time so your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money it just needs to improve thousands of bettors across the country every day are shopping for tickets on prop swap so go get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the prop swap app prop swap is where america buys and sells sports bets all right why don't we go down the eight thousand dollar range i guess i'll kick it off uh right here so i mean i i'm with you andy like especially the ct pan love it's just everybody seems to be pounding the, you know like going to him this week and i, I i'm gonna move off that but there, there's a couple guys below them um that are hitting the ball you know just as good as ct pan lately and is getting a little bit less ownership i mean i mean cut Cage Lee still has some ownership, but I like him. I mean, he, he, you know, he's pretty good off the tee with pretty good in his irons, pretty good lately. Um, you know, he's a fairly accurate driver too. And that, I think that's going to help him this week. So I like him. And then right below him, Carlos Ortiz is in the, the shit out of the ball lately. I mean, the problem with him though, he's been a mess around the green and mess putter. But I mean, if, if I'm just going and hashtag team, no putt, I, I think it's, I think at a type of, you know, what I noticed at this event last time was, the really good ball strikers just separate themselves from the really bad ones. And I think that's what's, I think there's going to be a huge discrepancy between like how guys perform ball striking this week. And I think the ball strikers are just going to have you know, a bigger advantage than I think what happened last week where just everybody was hitting fairways. Everybody was hitting green. So yeah, I, I like Ortiz this week. And then Chris Kirk at $8,100. Like this is the type of golf course, one of these positional, you know, shorter tracks where, you know, even though he doesn't gain a, a lot of strokes off the tee, I know he's going to keep it in play, you know, and hit the fairway. He's a decent iron player. You know, he is coming off a big putting week, but he's a volatile putter. I've seen a lot of big putting performances and a lot of like bad ones. So even though he's kind of, you know, 
average for PJ Tour standards as far as strokes gain. I know that he has some big weeks in him. So, and I don't think he's getting a whole lot of ownership. I think a lot of ownership is going to Adam Shank right, with, you know, above him, who I like this week. But I mean, just ownership, I'm I'm gonna go away from him. So, uh, so yeah, it's KH, Lee Ortiz, and Kirk, and then my fade is just Pan. I mean, I just I, I've been around the block, and when everybody is just jumping on this guy, who listen, he's putting up great stats, but I almost feel like there's a lot of push because he was a silver medalist at the Olympics that's driving this. No thanks, I'm gonna pass on that so all right andy why don't uh you know you said who you didn't like who do you like in this range okay i you got the guy steve it's carlos ortiz carlos ortiz i think is the guy this week he's been hitting the ball really well as you mentioned i mean i i'm a little bit worried about about the short game and putting as well but i i started thinking about it even just more so when you were just talking like you even look at the olympics leaderboard and it's like Hideki is not a good putter. Rory wasn't putting well at all. Okay, we Xander is an, a decent putter, but not elite. And all a bunch of those other guys, Colin Morikawa and stuff like that. I, I think there's, I think that bad putting may be a little bit mitigated here. And and I just love the way that Ortiz is hitting the ball. I think he sets up really well for this course. Keep in mind too, like he was, um, he was third going into the final round at the Olympics. Um, I'm not even talking about that as like a comp course, just like the idea of these guys um, having a little bit more experience and routine playing in Japan. I think that is something that you can look at that's applicable. And he shot a final round 78, right? So I'm willing to forgive that. He was in contention all throughout that tournament heading into Sunday and the wheels kind of came off. Um, but I like the way that Ortiz sets up well for this course. Good driver of the ball, good with his long irons, um, keeps the ball in play off the tee. He would be my guy. And then the other thing is, is Wallace. I'm playing Matt Wallace, and I, I think that, uh, you know, I'm a little surprised. to I bet Matt Wallace as well, and, and I was a little surprised to see his name um, in the betting market surround, and in DraftKings, for that matter, surrounded by the Adam Shanks of the world. Like, I think we're talking about a guy that, remember, everyone was slamming this guy to win the PGA Championship at, like, 90 to 1. He was, like, the most popular guy to win the PGA Championship, and People even did it at the U.S. Open, too. I remember I was one of them, too. And, like, yep. the guy's 70 to 1 now in this field, and he's 8,000, not garnering a ton of ownership. And he's it's not like he's just had a bunch of random Euro events, right? Like, he's actually he finished 14th at the Shriners and hit the ball great. So I think Matt Wallace and Ortiz are, are, are the two guys for me. Okay. I mean, you love Matt Wallace, Boston Capper. I know, I know. And, and I and I have a take for about Matt Wallace later that I'll save. But yeah, I'll leave you guys in suspense for that. Yeah. Wait, now I'm worried. If you love Matt Wallace and you're not playing him, then what? 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 What's going on here? I didn't say I didn't say I love him. I just have a take later. No, but yeah. but no, Capper. Said, I, so I do, oh, and so oh, okay. it's just the scar tissue. Right. So it's and he did do good at the Shriners and he still might end up in. He's definitely not a fade for me. He's somebody who I, I looked at with the number and everything you said is right. Uh, it is a short field. And if it's going to be English weather, like when Steve said English weather earlier, I was like, God damn it. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh. so that's somebody that I was toying with back and forth. And yeah, I mean, he gained in everything. I mean, his biggest was uh, approach. He's fine. He's always been fine off the tee. He got squirrely, like, I think at Morgan or something like that. But, yeah, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I can see myself playing Wallace. If you like Wallace, too, god damn it, man. I, like, I, I, I lost a chunk of money with him. 
<laughs> but so yeah, I'm fine with Wallace and AK. I, I love Shank, dude. I don't give a shit. Like I like I used to play him. He used to, I used to he was my favorite dumpster dive go to. 6700, 6500. Just make fucking cuts and get me get me through. You know what I mean? I love Shank. But playing really well. Um he's he's a fine uh, mid to long iron player. Uh, but you know, like his his best surface is bent by a little tiny bit over Bermuda. Um it does Terrify me that he gained uh, over eight strokes putting last week um, at the same. Yeah, same place come on, man. Week. That's good. I know, I know. But listen, so but but I have a history with this dude. Like, and he's been playing well. Like, he used to be my cut maker. Like, he was always my last guy in my lineup. If he was in sixty five, sixty six to sixty seven hundred dollars, like, boom, no brainer. Throw him in. He, he made like what, like twenty five cuts in a row at one point. Like, and he's a so, he's a solid player. Like, he can make birdies, and there's no chance. I don't know. This race, so this race is really wonky for me. Like I, I was hoping you guys would lead a little bit because I love Ortiz, and now I think I might move on to Wallace as well. Fuck, god damn it! I know he's just gonna burn me again. This is like this what? is like this is like the hot girlfriend that giving you chlamydia like three times. You're like this time she's gonna be different. No, she's not. Steve, you have a gripe with Wallace. I know you well enough to know now. I can just tell. I, 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 I you're just, said, it's in your holster, and you're I, just waiting just, for it. You're I, such I, a nice guy. You're trying to be polite, but I, 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 I know. So I have access to the Euro Tour data, and I think there's a there's a story behind it that I think we need to talk about a little later, though. We'll talk about it, though. Fine, whatever. And then, yeah, so that's it. I, so I got Andy trying to shame me on my shank take. I don't care. I'm still going to play him a little bit. And uh, Wait a minute. I'll pro- Andy, Andy, you love it. You love shank. Yeah, I'm done with it. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not. Yeah, I think you're I, just bitter by what happened yeah, at, what, I've been, Yeah, I'm a shank veteran. Capper, I know the shame. Okay, so you understand. Yeah, okay. Situation. I think he's, we're talking about 8,200 shank, not 6,700 shank. Yeah, but you can't use that argument for, for shank in this field and use the same argument that you can for Ricky. Ricky has been good once since fucking January. And now you're saying it's okay, okay that he went I, up 3,000 I think there's a difference between Ricky Fowler and Adam Shank as far as pedigree. A pedigree, schmedigree. I don't give a shit. Like, show me the results. Like, I get what you're saying. That's a good counterpoint. I know what you mean with the, I did kind of double cross there. I, I, I hear you. Um, he's fine. Like, I mean, Sh- Shank's fine. I'm not going to play a guy that just had a spike putting week. There's too many I, I examples just, I, I know, of I going know. off the rails the next yeah. week. I know. I know. And, and, and look, and, and Wallace is a nice pivot though. He really is. Fuck. I'm going to play him. I'm going to end up playing a lot of him. I'm going to uh, going to blame you if it goes wrong, but I'll give you all the credit. If it goes right. The, <laughs> the, um, all right. So, all right. So that we didn't talk about Hoffman. Has anybody got any, any feeling on Hoffman at 8,500 in this field? Well, Lanto Lanto's a great, Lanto's a great long iron player. I, I don't, he sprays the ball though. I know off the tee. I, I, I don't know if I, if I love him here, like that could go really poorly for him. Okay. If he's just clanking around the trees. And as far as Hoffman goes, I don't know. The ball strike has really tailed off on him. He didn't hit the ball good last week. I mean, I, I got lucky cashing a matchup over Brian Harmon because Brian Harmon was worse than Hoffman last week. Mm-hmm. So I got lucky, and I'm, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's typically, historically, he's been good at these types of courses. I don't think I can go back to him this week. Okay. I'm good. Yeah. Nah. 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 Good. All right. Nah. All right. Fine. Fair enough. All right. Well, Andy, why don't you jump off the 7K range, man? Um, okay, so this this is interesting because I I love Norlander, but if Norlander is twenty two percent or even fifteen percent, that that's a red flag situation for me. Um, Pat Perez was just 
popping in all of the numbers that I ran, and I have a little bit of a difficult time trusting it. Uh, there is a bit of a Pat Perez buzz going on this week, but I don't think that it's anything that resembles close to a CT pan buzz. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a concerning thing, but I think there's a lot of people that ran the numbers and are looking at similar things than I am with, with Pat Perez. So I think Perez is, is usable and I, it's tough because if I wasn't playing so much Xander, I think I would eat the chalk with Norlander because, and I still don't know if I trust that Norlander is going to be that high owned because I think there's some stack guys that are going to play Norlander, but when it's all said and done and the public gets involved, like I, I don't, I don't see Norlander at 7,400 being over 12 or 13% in this field. And I just like the upside that I get with Norlander. He is top fives and like his last couple starts and once you or two of his last five I think and once you start getting down into this range with um, you know Steele and Matt Jones and Hoagie like I, I don't see the top five upside that I see with Norlander I think he was another guy that went over for the Olympics at well as well so at least he's got some some experience playing in the in the Tokyo area and maybe he got a little bit of a routine down and and can build on on that uh, for next week I, I think that's probably it for me norlander and and perez would be the two guys that i have the most interest in in the sevens okay all right boston capper what about you uh so i'm, I'm like him i, I, I want to play norlander and it just depends on my build how chalky i can get with it depends on who i'm going to pair him with it's all the things he said about norlander same thing and then i thought about playing harry higgs uh one uh because he's my type of guy right uh but look, he played well last week um problem is same thing uh <laughs> Same thing with Shank, right? Again, like six strokes putting, right? Everything else was kind of shit. But most of the time, he's not crazy off the tee. I really think it was because he was fucking hungover. Like, I really do. Like, I mean, it, he, he hasn't lost strokes off the tee since uh, since July. And like, whatever. So, so I'm fine with him at that price. Like, whatever. And, and I like Harry Higgs. So, uh, I mean, look, it's as simple as that with me sometimes. Like, I'll just play him because I got a good feel about him. But I actually like Pat Perez. And it's funny because... Like I, like I told you before, Andy, like I try not to listen to a whole bunch of shit, but you can't help but catch, catch shrapnel on Twitter. And I have seen shit about Pat yeah. Perez. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, I'm like, Pat Perez, like I never play Pat Perez. And the time I'm thinking about playing Pat Perez, now I see his fucking name on Twitter. But I think I still might play him. I mean, uh, look, you just got to trust his putter. I mean, old grizzled bat type shit. Like, give me some give me some Pat Perez. I, it's a good pivot point off of, uh, off of Norlander uh, right there. Um, for a third of the or not a third of the ownership, but at least half the ownership. So um, now, Steve, are you going to talk about the Kanaya guy that we talked about at the beginning? No, I mean, like I mentioned, does I just, anybody listen, have, I, does anybody I, I, I know of his I know his name. There's no stats behind it, and I'm just going to avoid all those Japanese guys. Like even like with Kanaya, like there's been buzz on him before. Like you know, he's played PGA Tour events. He's played, he played the Masters. Majors. And it just it didn't go well for him. I think even last or in 2019, the Zozo, I think I, there was buzz on him. He finished T40. Oh. So I'm, I'm not going to take that risk. So the counterpoint to Pat Perez. And I remember last year <laughs> I because I was caught with all the, you know, the models and the ball striking and Pat Perez looks really good. And you point out to me, well, how many rounds has he played lately? And uh, <laughs> Pat Perez withdrew from his last tournament. Yeah. And then September uh, in the fortnight, he got cut. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, well, yes, I mean, listen, Pat Perez looks great in all the models and everything. Uh -huh. Like, this is Pat Perez we're talking about here. And sometimes, you know, with the injury risk, you know, maybe it's, it's a long flight over. 
you know, we'll we'll see. With them. But does I mean, this, I, does this count as a coastal course? Because it's technically an island. It's it's pretty inland. Uh, it's, it's technically it's an island. It is technically an island. I guess you're right. So, <laughs> so I mean, I, I wanted to find a good pivot in this range, and I just it's it's tough. Like. I mean, I like the pedigree of Brandon Grace. He's playing so bad. Like, I mean, I know he, you know, historically he's played these types of golf courses pretty well, but I don't know if I trust him. Like, I mean, I'm usually a sucker for Sebastian Munoz, but he's a mess lately. Um, I mean, Brendan Steele doesn't really give me any, you know, inspiration either. Like, I I looked at him. So, unfortunately, I I guess, like, I'm kind of left with some of the more popular guys. Hopefully they don't bust my face. I mean, so, I mean, I guess Luke List, you know, more team hashtag no putt. I mean, the ball striking numbers look great. You know, he tends to do really well. And like you think of him as a bomber, but, you know, he's been, had pretty good track record in some of these other positional golf courses, too, on the PGA Tour. So I like him. Um, I'm always stuck for Doug Gim. He's lost so many strokes off the tee. He's been driving the ball bad. He's had a couple weeks off. Everything else has been OK with him. You know, even the putter starting to come around with him. I don't know. I'm hoping that in two weeks he fixed what happened. Maybe he saw his coach or, you know, maybe his dad, you know, shook him down and said, Hey, you know, <laughs> stop coming over the top with your driver, you know? All right. So, so it's him. And then I, I think those are really the only two. I, I don't like this range at all. I tended to go more into the sixes cause I don't really see, I mean, I like, I, I agree with you. I like Henrik Norlander, but the, but the ownership is just really high. Like he tends to be someone I'd rather just do a bet on like a positional prop and just, you know, have that just, you know, go to shit if he burns instead of just wasting like, you know, 50% of my lineups if I use them. Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't we take another break and then we'll uh, finish up uh, with DraftKings. All right. Sounds good. Well, listen, uh, if you guys are pulling out your hair like Astros fans are right now, Keeps offers a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient, virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't even got to leave your house. Low-cost treatment start at just 10 bucks a month and Keeps offers generic versions as well. Discreet packaging and proof of results and Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of us competitors. But listen, prevention is the key. Treatments can take up to four to six months to see results so you gotta act fast and if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss go to keeps.com slash sgp to receive your first month of treatment for free that's keeps.com slash sgp to get your first month for free keeps.com slash sgp all right boss and capper it's time to go dumpster dive in japan <laughs> i mean right. the 7k yeah. range was stinky enough like the 6k range. I, I actually feel like there's better people in the 6k range i guess it's probably Probably influenced by the price, too. Like, all right, well, if I'm going to grab him at 73, I might as well grab this guy at that. So, Troy Merritt, right? Let's start at the top. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, this guy, this guy, it's a no-cut event, and this dude scores in DK, right? And that's all I'm looking for with somebody in the 6900. And he's somebody who goes out and makes parties. Um, who is he, The only thing that worries me is that he used to be – Really wild off the tee. Seemed like he kind of fixed it a little bit. And then the Shriners numbers look 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 pretty, pretty bad, right? But I don't give a fuck. It's $6,900. Troy Merritt, gut call. Let's go. Um, and then if you scroll down a little bit, you'll find my boy, who's 20% on Sun Kang, who you have to avoid in DraftKings, taking for a first-round leader or something else like that. But but in reality, 6,300 for a guy who you know is going to go out and make birdies, and he's going to he's, – he's, 
you make that face all you want. I know it's a cheetah, Steve. Why care. is he 20? Like, are you a Mark? Like, what is Why is he 20 percent? I don't understand. I know you're like the king whisperer, but like what yeah. what is going on right now? It's I, I think it's his course history. I think he played really well in 2019 here. He did. I think I think, I think people are just desperate for anything at this range. And, and he played fair. and he played well at. um. Uh, what the fuck is that course? Uh, I don't know. I, I, it's, um, I'm going to blank on it. Whatever, man, it's been a long day. Uh, but there's another correlating course. It's a TP, it's, it's a TPC course that he played well at. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Whatever. 6,300 bucks. He's going to go out and make your fucking birdies. Whatever. Like 20, 20, at 20%, you can't play him if you're chalky anywhere else though. That's it. You just can't. I mean, what could go wrong with 20% of that? But here's, here's somebody I want to ask you guys about. So one, like West Bryan over 10%, I would typically play him. Um, but just because I have a weird, strange love for him. He made me money at some point. Don't remember when, but he's always been my guy for whatever reason. All right. Sean Norris just won last week in Japan, right? I think so. He's not really on my radar. He's 6K. He just won in Japan. Yeah, I think he took the place of Paul Casey. The Sweet. Field. I don't care. He just won in Japan. He didn't have to take the red eye. Right? All right. So he's so comfortable. Grab- he's been drinking sake, eating fucking good food, gets to stay. Fucking three and a half percent owned, six K stone minimum. You want to get Morikawa and fucking Will Z in there, and you don't want to have to play uh, anybody else in this range. Why not take the guy who just won last week? Okay, just nice. grabbing a guy as a ceiling. So, I mean, yeah. hey, listen, I mean, it is no cut event, so no cut. I don't have to worry about this dude flaming. He can, like, he can only go up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, I guess. The guys I tried to find in this range are just guys who I think aren't going to get in too much trouble off the tee. Maybe can make a couple putts on bent grass, you know, tend to do kind of well in these, you know, shorterish tracks. So, I mean, I'm waiting on Troy Merritt, too. I think he has some popular, which is probably a little scary. Um, I mean, he played all right at Sanderson. He played all right. They offered Dunhill, so I think it was T27 over there. Um, so I like him. You know, Roger Sloan's another guy who tends to do okay at these types of golf courses. He's pretty safe off the tee. He's an okay. He's okay with his irons. He's struggled with them lately, but I don't know. I, you know, I'm kind of grasping for straws here. I mean, of course, you know, it's a six thousand dollar raise at the Zozo. <laughs> I mean, the janitor of hashtag team no putt, Matthew Neesmith, is sixty five hundred bucks. I mean, at least the ball striking has been OK with him. So I don't know. I mean, I think with, with a lot of these, I'm just looking for guys who I think aren't going to be total disasters. Tita Green and, you know, those are my three. So, Andy, who you like? Uh, it, OK, so what? Let me just give you some Kyle Stanley stuff real quick, because it's it's really it's really fascinating to me. So this guy, I'm looking at his last 36 rounds. Um, He's sixth off the tee. He's third in approach. He's third in good drives gained, which basically just means how many times do you hit a drive and then you hit the green in regulation from that drive. Right. It's kind of a stat that helps you hone in on guys that basically keep themselves out of trouble off the tee and have a pretty decent iron game to match. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So second in fairways gained. Right. Which is another one that kind of helps us hone in a little bit better on on accuracy as well. Uh, Fourth in proximity from 200 yards plus as well. In this field, um, seventh in greens and regulation gained, right? So he's these are like better than Morikawa numbers, by the way. There, I mean, obviously Morikawa is playing in better fields and stuff like that, but I just anyway. So he's the only guy in this field who's top ten in approach and off the tee. He's the only guy in this field who's top five in every single driving accuracy stat that I'm looking at and long iron play. Now he's the worst putter on the PGA Tour. Like it's actually he's actually created a gap 
at this point, um, like the way that Morikawa has created a little bit of a gap with his iron play. Uh, Stanley is on that track to create a gap with his putting. Um, There's going to be a week where dumb luck is going to strike and it may not be this week. um, But I think sticking with the theory that maybe this course devalues putting a little bit and maybe he'll hit his line and see some more fall in and it'll give him some confidence. I will say this about Stanley historically. He will lose strokes putting in around 15 out of 16 starts, but then the one time that he gain, he'll he'll gain over two or three strokes putting. So I think that uh, it's slim pickings down here, but there's going to be a week where you're going to strike gold with Kyle Stanley. You're probably a fool to try it every week, but on a weird one like this, where maybe there's a little bit of devalued putting and it's a course where you got to be accurate off the tee I told you, I liked colonial. He finished eighth at colonial. Um, so, so I, I think I'm going to bite the bullet and do a little Kyle Stanley. The only real, other wait, guy that real quick, real quick, real quick. Didn't we say Valspar was, was similar as well? Yes. All right, so that's the last time Stanley has gained strokes putting. Four point three <laughs> strokes he gained. Was it's been long. that long. It's been that long. It's huh? been that long. That was it. That was a different era. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> um, um, yeah. It's. I listen. I, I get it, and and I think probably a lot of us stack guys fall into the problem too much. I'm certainly guilty of it, where we overrate the ball striking too much, and 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 say that he's going to putt well someday, and and we probably fall into that trap a little too bit too much. But I don't care. I'm going to get Stanley a shot. And then the only the only other guy that that I like guys is um, so Kramer Hickok. He's 6,300. Um, he's a really good short game, right? He's top 10 and around the green. Um, those two accuracy stats that I was talking about, the good drives gained and the fairways gained fifth and third Kramer Hickok fifth and good drives gained third and fairways gained wedges. Kramer can do that too. eighth in proximity from hundred to 125 yards greens and regulation gained top 10 in that too. Misses a green. No problem for Kramer. Top 10 in sand saves as well. So I think there's, there's, uh, I think you can play Kramer, Hickok, and Stanley. Those are I, my two guys. I love Hickok, man. You, I was rooting for him so hard to win at the Travelers. I was so hot, like over Goober. Like, that's what I call English. And, uh, like, I wanted, I wanted that kid to win so bad. Like, that is a dude who needed to win more than English. And so I, I'm going to pencil him in just because I want to see him do it. Let's go. Let's go. Get, get some good there you go. Let's get. All right. Well, before we get to the betting portion, I usually do a segment called the big short. And uh, Andy, basically what that means is I take a popular player that everybody loves. And I just say, I don't really like this guy and I'm going to fade him everywhere. So I'm going to let you do it, though. So who's your big short this week? Who's the most popular? Who's like a guy getting a lot of steam that you just don't get and you're going to fade the shit out of? Well, the easy answer to that question, Steve, is pan, right? Like that is the easy answer. But I'm not playing Morikawa this week. I think that's probably more controversial to the smart golf minds then because I think anyone can sniff out the pan ownership and smell trouble. I don't think I'm going out on a huge limb there. Uh, I'm not playing Morikawa this week. And it's a shaky case anytime you're trying to bet against Morikawa, right? I happen to believe that he's better than Rom. I think he's the best player in the world. Oh, but I will say this about – I we don't need to uh, – me and Nagels can talk on our own about that. Um, but I, I, here, here's the thing with, with Morikawa. Um, he doesn't – he 
he has these spike putting weeks, right? And, you know, when he has spike putting weeks, he wins. But it's not, speaking of Rom, like, it's not like he has Rom's floor, right? He he actually, and rebounding from some of those bad spike putting weeks, it's, it's not always like he kind of gains the momentum and goes on a run. It, usually the putting kind of pops up for him, and then it kind of goes back to for a little bit and then it randomly pops up again and and he wins and so he he putted great last week and uh i i I would rather play xander in this spot so and you can't you can't walk into this week saying i you know it's just too much for me to do um so i'm not playing morikawa okay okay i I respect that i I respect that take yep like it so, all right, why don't we take uh, one more break, and then uh, we'll get to the betting card after that. All right, sounds good. Well, listen, do you guys wish you could have had stock in a guy like Pat Mahomes or Christian McCaffrey? Not Patrick Mahomes' brothers, because that stock is dropping. Uh, well, now, Prediction Strike makes that a real possibility. Prediction Strike is the only performance-based sports stock market where you can buy and sell shares of professional athletes as if they were stocks. It's like Robin Hood and DraftKings had a baby. DraftKings lets fans create their own portfolios of their favorite athletes so they can make money and get even closer to the game. Don't just bet on your favorite players. Start investing in them. Simply download Prediction Strike's new and easy to use app from the app store or sign up at predictionstrike.com to create an account and use promo code SGP then deposit the funds to buy sell and hold shares of your favorite players just like you would real stocks the value of the players will change based upon game performance and supply and demand so you can trade your shares of players at any time as long as they're not currently in a game so go sign up with promo code SGP to receive a free athlete share with your first deposit of $20 or more all right. All right. Betting card time. Right. So, or Boston Camper, why don't you lead it off? Uh, why don't we start with head-to-head matchups? Okay. What do you got this week? All right. So, I, I'm, I'm actually down on four already. So, I paid heavy juice on this one. And I hate <laughs> that, the fact. That, that's, always, that's always a good start. Yeah, yeah. So, and especially the fact that uh, <laughs> that Andy just made him his big short. Uh, the, uh, so, but I took Morikawa over Vegas. And it was only minus one four. What? How wow. was that a matchup? Thank you. Thank you. I was like, listen, I don't give what a fuck. What shady offshore book? Yeah, where are you seeing that? So man? I can't say because we don't is, have is, it, but is, I'll tell you that, when we hang is up. Is that a Venezuelan book? That no, it's, it's, it's the one we used to have share together. Oh, okay. That, that, that'll be that, that makes sense then. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Andy, I'll tell you where I'm the, um, and then And then the easiest bet of the week, Bradley over Flash and Fleetwood. Plus money. Plus 110. Keegan Bradley over fucking Fleetwood. I know it's not American soil, but it's still not European soil, and Fleetwood is trash. Um, and then another, this is this is another easy one. Like I, these were very easy. And, I, and Steve knows I typically don't go very quickly on like pre-tournament matchups. I like my in-round matchups. Um, but Grio over Siwoo at at minus one ten. Yes, please. Thank you. Kim has been, and I love Siwoo. He was a capital. He shelved now. You know, he's just a soldier. But good lord, man. Like minus one ten, give me that all day, and then I got Decky over Vegas at minus one fifteen. Jesus, bad lines. I was like, there has to be something wrong with it. That so has I, to I, be like, yeah, I they must have some Venezuelan money coming in there to pump up uh, Vegas's odds. There has to be. I'm like, I, I kept seeing these things. I love Vegas. You guys know I love Vegas, but I'm like, dude, this is ridiculous. Minus one fifteen for a Decky over. That was a football bet. Decky over right, Vegas was. Right. A- I might have to get a VPN so I get back on this book. Just, just tell me what you want to bet. Just tell me what you want to bet. All right, you might get a Venmo. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah, me too, man. Jeez. <laughs> All right, Andy. Uh, what about some head-to-heads you like? 
Okay, so I was looking at um, no free ads here, but I was looking at this wager talk live odd screen where they show across all the books and they show all the matchups and and they show kind of what things opened at and and what they're at now, uh, which is kind of interesting. So I don't usually do a ton of matchups, but I, looking through these, I might this week. So the one that popped out to me right off the bat was Ortiz over Hoffman and that one opened at Ortiz plus 110, and now it's as high at some places as Ortiz minus 115. So, I mean, I think that's where it should be. Uh, I would still bet it at minus 110, yeah. minus 115. Um, the other one that I'm going to play is um, Wallace over Hughes. Again, Wallace opened as a dog in that one, and smarter, cooler heads prevailed. And now he's a slight favorite. Um, I I'll take Wallace over Hughes all day. And then you got to pay a little bit more juice for this one, but I I'd probably go with, I don't, there's like a weird trendy Ryan Palmer thing that I maybe the colonial, I, I, I don't see it with Ryan Palmer right now. He's been objectively bad for a while and I'll play Chris Kirk over Ryan Palmer at minus minus one twenty all day. Those are probably the three that stood out to me. Okay. All, three, all, all right. No, I, I'm, I'm with you on the Carlos Ortiz one over uh, Hoffman. I got one and a half strokes at minus 120, though. Anytime I can get one and a half strokes, especially with a no cut event at reasonable juice, I'll just take that. So wait, wait, um, wait, 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 what did you what did you get? I got plus one and a half strokes for Ortiz over Charlie Hoffman at minus 120. I don't think that I don't think it's available get, for you. You're get, oh, OK. Yeah, uh -huh. I'm getting yeah, I'm getting one and a half strokes there. Um, so I also have Grio in a matchup, but I got him plus 105 over Cameron Tringali. I don't like Tringali all this week. I think he's kind of regressing back to the mean. And I just like, I know he was doing pretty well because he added a lot of distance to his game. I don't know. I just, I never really thought of him much of a player. So I'll take Grio, Grio over him. And then boss camper. I know you like Harry Higgs. I think that's a little more sentimental, but like that's a ceiling week. He's just coming off of it. And I like Luke List this week, so I got Luke List minus one twenty five over Higgs. I I, I think List List this is a better golf course for him than uh than Higgs. So especially if Higgs is coming off of a pretty big week. So, all right, why don't we transition to positional props? Andy, why don't you lead it off? What about uh, I mean the top ten and top twenty market is kind of a tough scene this week. So do you got any uh, positional props you're looking at this week? Yeah, so I'm usually a big uh, top forty guy. Uh, but you know, your options are a little limited with a 78 man field. And so I, I did a bunch of top twenties last week, which I normally never do. Uh, I, I live in that top 40 market, but I did a bunch of top twenties last week and, and I did pretty well on them at kind of, you just have to bet guys top 20 at maybe similar odds to what you're comfortable betting them at top 40 in a full field event. And I'm going to stick with Ortiz. On 50, um, I think that's on FanDuel, uh, top 20. Matt Wallace, again, plus 210, um, top 20. I think uh, this will probably be where I will get my Norlander and Perez exposure in, in this market as opposed to as opposed to DraftKings. So I like Perez plus 250 uh, top 20 and I like Norlander plus 190 as well. Those would probably be my favorites. And I'll say this about CT Pan. Like, I, I feel like we shat on CT Pan a little bit this week. Like, I get the Pan thing. I see those things, too. And I'm not sure if I'm going to get there, but I think he's like a way more suitable top 20 option option than he is a DraftKings play. I think you can get him at like plus 140 and I don't hate that. Okay. All right. I mean, I usually live in the top 20 markets. So in these shorter fields, I have to go to the top tens. And uh, so, I mean, you know, I, I think there's a lot of 
popularity on Vegas to win this tournament. I don't have the confidence he can put together four rounds of competent putting in him. So, but top 10 at plus 250, I'll take that. You know, I like him for this golf course. Uh, Cage Lee, top 10 plus 280. I mean, I, I liked him in the miles. I just, I don't see him as a two time PGA Tour winner. Just, I don't think I'm going to go to that Wikipedia page <laughs> to see that with him. So, especially with the Zozo, that apparently they're getting $1.8 million to the winner. Like, that's kind of a choke in this field that they're getting all that money. So, all right, anyways, Cage Lee, top 10, uh, plus 280. Um, I already said I like Luke List in the matchup. I like him top 10 at plus 400. I like that, too. Um, Adam Shank, this is where I'm going to use him, even though the ownership is pretty high. Top 10 on him, plus 400. I know he's coming off a pretty big um, putting week, but if putting doesn't matter a whole lot, he can gain that back with some of the ball striking. Even if it comes back down to earth with a putter, he can still finish top 10 there. And then I like Henrik Norlander, too, as a top 10. That's uh, plus 500, so... I'll jump on that. So those are my five, but I, I usually do some top twenties. I did not like really some of the prices. I didn't feel comfortable, you know, paying like, you know, plus plus one twenty five, plus one fifty for some of those guys, but you know, just me. So, all right, Capper, what do you got as far as positional uh, props? All right. So, I mean, for me, like it's tough for me to give out the numbers cause you know, I got no dead heat. So my odds always sound like shit, but I get no fucking dead heat. Um, so I got Ortiz at plus one fifty. I got Decky <laughs> football bet. Like a little more than a football bet, bro. This is top twenty, top twenty plus one fifty, uh, plus one fifty four tees, and the top twenty for Decky at minus one ninety. All right, you're playing with fire because that's two weeks in a row you're trying this, and yeah, we're, and it worked last week for us. Yeah. Okay. okay. I'm just so saying. you're so you're confident that he's not going to lose nine strokes putting. I am that because confident. that he's might be a lose. big hill to climb. Yeah, yeah. So, if he loses nine strokes putting. Listen, I, I'll go. I'll go away for a little bit. I'll be doing it from undisclosed locations. You know, things like that. But uh, no, I mean, look, dude, at minus two hundred or minus one ninety. Like, I mean, whatever, man. Like, uh, to me, uh, I say this all the time. Juice only matters if he fucking loses, right? Like, if I think that's a fucking like, I mean, dude, top twenty out of this field, and I get no dead heat, so he could come in twenty with ten other guys behind him. I mean, that's that's almost. He basically has to come in just top third of the field. So I, I like that bet. Like, whatever it is, what it is. Um, and then I get Shank at, at plus 130. And for my top 10s, you could – so I don't know if this is a bit. So I have Morikawa uh, at minus 140 and then uh, Decky at plus 130. But if you have it available to you, you could do Morikawa and Decky, both top 10, and you get plus 260 somehow. I don't know how they came up with that fucking number, but that's the better bet. And then you can also do Morikawa and Xander, both top 10. Uh, at plus 160. Yeah, I, I think that's the way to go as far that's as the way to go. Pay, instead of paying that juice there. So, Correct. all right, how about any other props as far as like first round leaders, you know, nationality props? Uh, Boss Capper, why don't you start first as far as uh, some of those other props you're looking at this week? It's always first round leader for me, right? So, I, I start with, with the shortest odds of the week Keegan Bradley at 35 to 1 for first round leader. Um, then I went Lanto Griffin. Um, I like his medium to uh, long range irons. That's, I love targeting guys who are not going to win the fucking tournament for the most part. And it, 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 I want to go out and shoot real low. Um, and I'll probably take uh, whatever that kid you guys were talking about who's like the $7,200 one who's, who gets all the hype. Maybe he comes out on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so then I also got Shank at 45 to one because listen, I can bet, I can bet Kang forever and I'll still be positive on him. Um, so at 66 to one, and then for old time's sake, give me some West Bryant at a hundred to one. Come on. One time. When's, one time, when's the last time he actually had his shot like measure ground. It's been a while. Yeah, man. Listen, 
He's not going to have one this week either. That's that's true. <laughs> next next three weeks there isn't any. So, so all so. Statners are going to be blind. We are not going to know what to do ourselves. So all right. So, so as far as other props, I I had a couple more. Na- I usually don't do nationality props, but there was a couple I liked this week. So, um, so I I didn't have available top Japanese player, so I had to go with top Asian. But if you have top Japanese player, it's basically Hideki plus one ten against the entire Japanese field. Oof. And listen, like, it's kind of like what I mentioned earlier that, you know, I've seen some guys try to say, oh, well, X player leads and greens a regulation of the Japan tour, or he's got, you know, 10 top 10s of the Japan tour. And it's like, well, yeah, that's the Japan tour. At the end of the day, there's a reason why Hideki is really the only one who's actually made it out of Japan lately is because he's better. So if you want to just bet Hideki plus 110 against all the Japanese guys. I think that's fine. But uh, some other ones I like, though, top Korean. So it's basically a three ball between Siwoo Kim, KH Lee and uh, Sung Kang. Um, I mean, Siwoo is a mess. So he's out. And if, you know, Sung Kang has 20 percent ownership in DFS, you know, that's going to go poorly. So, you know, give me KH Lee. I mean, I like it for a top 10. I, you know, even if he doesn't catch that, you know, I can get low Korean at plus 145 like him too. And then top Canadian, this is essentially a matchup between Mackenzie Hughes and Roger Sloan. And, you know, I I'm with you, Andy. I don't like Mackenzie Hughes, this golf course. Like I think a lot of people think that he's like this accurate player, really good putter, like a Kevin Kinsler type. He actually isn't. He's one of the worst ball no. strikes. Like he, he can't find the club face. You know, he's, he, he's missing fairways big. Like he's real. like, if he wasn't, as good of a scrambler putter, he probably is losing his PJ tour card. So, you know, Roger Sloan, I mean, I don't love the stats, but I think he's a little more consistent ball striker. I mean, you know, it's relative, you know, compared to everybody else. So I, I got Roger Sloan top Canadian minus one Oh five. It's more of just, I think Mackenzie Hughes is going to bomb out and finish like 55th or something. <laughs> so, all right, Andy, do you got any other like nationality props or anything like that? Or tournament props that uh, you're looking at? I, I don't do these guys. You guys are way more daring than me, but like the fantastic guests that I am, I came very well prepared. I love it. Um, uh, well, the first one that really stood out to me is for top English player, all Matt Wallace has to do is beat Tommy Fleetwood. What's the and odds on that? And he's plus 135. Oh, that's fucking free money, baby. Free all right. fucking money. So, th- yeah, that would, that would be the one for me. And then the other one is for top continental Euro, it's Norin, Norlander, and Straka, and Norin's a minus one twenty-five favorite, and and Norlander's plus one seventy-five, and Straka's plus three eighty. So, I like Norlander in that spot at plus one seventy-five. Yeah, it's not bad. Okay, I like it. All right, why don't we take one final break and then we'll uh, get the outrights. All right. Well, listen. Uh, if you need to find a spot for the SGPN app, uh, listen. Just go to the store and download it today. Um, what's it? That's the last ad read. Just go to the app store and uh, do the ad reads and stuff. Was it, hey, that was a really short ad read. All right, yeah, we'll super, get right to the outright. Super, stuff. let's get right to the outright. Uh, I think we're going to have a uh, post-show <laughs> talk uh, afterwards about that. So, <laughs> all right, um, Andy, what, since you are our guest tonight, thank you again for coming on. Why don't you kick it off? Who are your outright bets to win the 2021 Zozo Championship? Uh, Xander at seven to one is going to win the tournament. And it's the first bet that I, it's the first bet under 12 to one that I've ever made in my life. But there has to be for me to bet somebody at this range, there has to be the perfect intersection of course fit, recent form, gut feeling, um, interviews, eye test, um, confidence, all of it. Uh, it's Xander's winning this tournament. I, I've 
feel more confident about this than I have in quite some time. If I'm not going to sit here and argue with people that it's like the most sound gambling decision. I've hit 85% of the NFL games that I've picked this year. Let me have a little bit of fun with my favorite. Players. That's right. I think Xander's going to win this tournament. So I'm betting Xander at, at seven to one. I think seven's a good number too, right? Like relatively speaking, right? Come so on. we're talking about he's, he's five, he's plus five fifty and, and plus 607. It's like, that's the best number you're going to find on him. Um, maybe that's a little bit more palatable, probably not, but whatever. Um, and then the only two other guys, I got something when you bet somebody, I'm pretty conservative with kind of the, you know, whole units thing that I, that I do with, without, right. So when you bet someone like Xander, it, it severely limits what I'm able to do responsibly with other guys. So I have something very small on Ortiz at 66 and, um, something very small on Wallace at 70. And that's it for me guys, three man card. And I'm, you know what? I'm honestly, I'm proud that that is the only Xander talk that I got in this yeah. week because it could have gone off the rails. Like you keep me on for 10 more minutes and I'm like transcribing his interviews for you. So <laughs> you leave it at that. Yeah. I mean, I, I was pretty restrained on Xander talk tonight and obviously uh, I was, I'm surprised my co-host, you know, he loves to always say that Xander's only good in an 80 man field. So I only yeah. do that to break Nagel's balls. Yeah. It, it, he gets so spun up and he gets that vein <laughs> popping out of his forehead and it cracks me the fuck up. All right. <laughs> All right, why, why don't I go next to the outrights? I've saved a couple of tastes towards the end of the show, so let's start to it. So I guess a lot of what I'm doing this week is it's a couple of things. It's guys that are pretty good generally in some of the more positional golf courses on the PG Tour, like your Colonials or Innisbrooks or like, you know, Harbor Towns or like, you know, Wiley or something like like the non like. The golfers are like seem to be like a Formula One contest where just like the most talented guys just end up winning and at those other tracks that I just mentioned. It isn't really that. And when I also look at this golf course, too, I see a lot of like traditional lower England golf courses, like, you know, like tight, narrow, positional golf, a lot of those places. So there's kind of a theme to a lot of these guys I'm going with this week. So I'm actually going to make the case for Tommy Fleetwood. So while you meet oh, your uh, Mike, how many weeks Boston. in a row do we have to do this? Well, I didn't do it last week. You did. So, you, you told you was going to I said, I, said I liked him. Board. I didn't bet him outright. Why don't I make a case? All right. I'll go, I'll go on mute. Go ahead. Okay. So there's a very valid criticism that Tommy Fleetwood doesn't do well in the United States. Well, we're not there. I do know that when he's been over to Europe lately, and just in general, he's been very good. And actually, because I had the Euro Tour data, I have a lot of that baked in. So over his last 12 rounds, which includes some Euro Tour stuff, he's gained 0.4 strokes off the tee. He's gained 0.7 with his approach shots, gained 0.3 around the greens. He's a good bank grass putter. You know, three or four rounds, he is. Iron's pretty good. It just that second round was pretty weird. He lost three. That's why the ball strike numbers don't really look very good. Other, other than that, he was fine with the ball striking. He just couldn't really putt well. I think this is a type of golf course he tends to thrive in. You know, he tends to do really well over in Wentworth, the British Masters, a lot of those narrow, like northern, you know, European golf course that kind of see in this place. And at 22 to 1, I think it would be fitting if this is his first PG Tour event when no one's watching, whenever, you know, all the coverage is at 2.30 in the morning. So I'm going to take a stand with him. I like him there. Um, Alex Noren is kind of a guy who 
doesn't really fit the miles because he's a really poor iron player. But again, he tends to do a little better in some of these more positional golf courses. He's also a guy who's won at Wentworth. He's won the British Masters. He tends to do pretty well over in these European tracks. I think this one might suit his eye. I looked at a couple holes, too, and some of the where, how the greens are angled from the fairway. It seems like that would fit his fade, too. So I don't know. That's, you know, I got that in my head as far as like seeing him hit shots, you know, into those greens. So, you know, 35 to one on him. I like him. Uh, Emiliano Grillo, I think he's been close a couple times this year. I love the ball striking numbers. I'm a little worried if he can putt, you know, to get the win. But, you know, again, like, you know, if I want consistent ball striking, if I think that's really, really important and that putting doesn't matter a whole lot, I like him. And then Matt Wallace, Andy, I'm with you. And I'm kind of <laughs> mad you spoiled it because I made a big case in my article this week. So the European number, like he was in a huge run. I, I'm going to read out some European data on him. Um, <laughs> Towards the end of last year. So he withdrew after one round of the Northern Trust, which I think Boston Caber, you had an outright on him that week. I did. Yeah, you did. So he burned <laughs> you there. Came back at the Italian Open. He lost uh, 1.3 strokes with the approach shots. Lost. He was about a field average off the tee. Uh, the BMW PGA Championship, which he tends to do pretty well at. He was a disaster. He lost about two strokes with his ball striking. Again, then he didn't do well coming back to the States at the Sanderson. But then all of a sudden, Andy, like you said, the Shriners, he kind of figured it out. Everything was clicking. So what happened? Did he finally recover from the injury? Did he get with a coach? I don't know, but I remember what you said that towards the middle of last year, we were all Ben Matt Wallace and he was, you know, he showed pretty well. And if he, if this is what we're going to get out of him, you know, I think if, if he really is back, I think 70 to one is kind of underpriced on him for a guy of his talent. So, you know, and again, like he grew up in lower England, grew up near Wentworth. He's familiar with this type of track. He's done very well. These types of tracks over the European tour, he tends to have played some of these more positional golf courses pretty well too. So I like him. I'm also on him at 70 to one. So, you know, we got two guys on him and maybe Boston Capper. You're going to make it three. I live bet him uh, like, I don't know well, how many minutes ago it was 10, 50. I got 55. Whatever. I'm fine with that. Let's go. I got him. I got him at 55 to one. Let's go. I'm being on the party. And then, like I said, I already made a football bet on Decky. I got him at 14. I missed the 16. Uh, he te- I texted Steve. I think it was Monday morning or whatever. Hey, what's Decky at? <laughs> and Because I was still in Orlando walking around with all my children. And he told me I went to get on it, and it was already gone. So I grabbed it at 14. It's already down to like 11 and 10 at places. So mm-hmm. I, as somebody who the shortest bet I've ever made, Andy, was, uh, was Ron at 10 to 1, and that cashed. So I appreciate your your vigor and belief in Xander at six and seven to one. Like, I'm not gonna bet it, but good, good luck, man. And I get it, man. Like when you have that feeling, it was the same thing for me. I was like, there's no way he's not winning the U.S. Open. Let's go. There's no way. And so I bet it. Didn't care. So I'm fine with that with you. Uh, I, I wouldn't bet it, but I like I like how proud. And then I, my long shots are Keegan. I got him at fifty to one, and then I got I got a shittier number than you guys at fucking with Ortiz. I got fifty five to one. Yeah. It's it is what it is. It's fucking annoying is what it is. All right. Well, listen, you guys have listened to us yammer on enough. Listen, you guys got to uh, follow Andy wherever he's at. He's got a brand new, awesome, highfalutin job. He's going to tell you all about it and where to fucking find you. Uh, he's slumming it with us down here with the D-Gens, which is the proper term, not daring, D-Gens. Uh, so, Andy, tell everybody uh, all, all your projects, man, where they can find you, where they can follow you, and where they can harass you. Thanks, man. Uh, it, ADP Lack Sports on Twitter is probably the, the best place to find me. I, I tweet. Uh, you probably want to go there for my football picks uh, as opposed to my golf picks. But yeah, ADP Lack on Twitter is, is where you can 
can find me. Um, I have a podcast that I release every Tuesday and sometimes on Sundays as well. Not not as much recently because I'm, I'm kind of transitioning into a different role, but usually it's Sundays and, and Tuesdays Inside Golf Podcast. If you like this podcast, it's very similar to this one. Both of these guys have been on it before. I bring on a guest every week. And then the Sunday one that I do, um, it's kind of an in-depth, deep, deep dive on the course that kind of the stack guys appreciate a little bit more, but yeah, that's it for me. I, I thank you for, for shouting what about out. The, what the, about the new gig, bro? I, I'm getting there, oh, man. Okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I was, I was literally about to say, thank you for shouting out the score. I'm too early in my process. You guys are catching me on my second ever day of work. I'm too early in my process there to get to tell you guys all about the the writing I'm doing there and stuff. I, I just I, I don't I don't know yet. Right. So it's it's big things ahead. Teaser come in score download the score app I, i'm really excited about where their golf coverage is going to go but i'm just get, i'm learning the the ropes right now so just listen to my podcast and follow me on twitter and the you'll see the things coming with the score in in due time guys all right i love it all right steve you got anything else buddy no that's it uh i enjoy uh or i'm looking forward to uh you know, being an insomniac and get up at one in the morning and live betting stuff that I probably shouldn't. I know you'll be up with me, Boston Cap. I'm up anyway. Five. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, oh, like, oh, it starts at 1130. I'm like, shit, that's what like, I'm, that's my prime time, baby. Like my bankroll is going to be fucking toast. With this yeah, thing. God help your bankroll. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, for uh, Andy, Steve, myself, Boston Capper. Hey, Jay, uh, nice fourth and one call. Just want to throw that out to you. And uh, yeah, that's it, man. Uh, listen, let's go break them books this week. And that's it, man. Let's go. 